Hello, this is Dwayne McCrary, the team leader for Adult Explore the Bible, and this week I'm being joined by David Briscoe. David's one of the editors on the Adult Explore the Bible team. David, thank you for being with us today. Glad to be here. Uh, this week we're looking at uh, session five, which is a is a look at Romans chapter five, verses one through eleven. If you remember session four, we looked at justification, and chapter five really Paul takes that that idea of justification and explores it deeper, looking at it in terms of being at peace with God. The way we have this outlined is this way: in verses one through five, we've entitled that section "Justified with Benefits." Uh, Paul identifies benefits at this section. Uh, and, and those benefits are peace with God, hope, rejoicing in sufferings, uh, God's love experience, and the presence of the Holy Spirit. So those are the benefits that Paul identifies in verses 1 through 5. In verses 6 through 8, he explains that this justification came through the death of Christ. Paul declares that justification is granted uh, because Jesus died in our place. We have the benefits in verses 1 through 5 because of Jesus' death on the cross. His sacrificial death demonstrates the depths of God's love for all of humanity. In fact, there's a quote in the personal study guide on page 47 that says, God's response to our helplessness was to send Jesus to die in our place. And that really sums up what's happening there in that second point. Verses 9 through 11, the point that's being made there is that, we are ju- that justification equals reconciliation. In this particular section of the passage, Paul explains that by being declared just before God through faith in Jesus, believers have then therefore been reconciled to God. We're no longer enemies, but we're now saved from the wrath of God and granted life. So that's a quick overview of the passage of chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. So David, let's dig into some of this. Let's start off with this question of how does peace with God relate to reconciliation? Okay, um, and, and that refers to uh, what Paul said in verse 1, but, but also what he said kind of in the uh, conclusion of that passage in verses 10 and 11. So it's kind of a sandwich for the whole passage. Exactly, the uh, brackets around uh, what he's talking about in this section. Uh, so uh, let's just think about a dictionary definition of peace. Uh, it, it's freedom from disturbance. It, it's trans- tranquility. Um, or it can be a state or a period in which there is no war or a war has ended. We're, we're familiar with those definitions of peace. But Paul uses that term, the term peace, 11 times in the book of Romans and three times prior to his use here in, in chapter 5, verse 1. So in, in chapter 1, verse 7, in his salutation, he, he writes, grace to you and peace from God our Father. So Mark that down, that that peace, the kind that Paul is talking about, comes from God and from the Lord Jesus Christ. In chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, uh, he talks about uh, there will be affliction and distress for every human being who does evil, first to the Jew, also to the Greek. But then he says, but glory, honor, and peace. So there you're already talking about peace being a benefit or a result uh, as he goes on to say, for everyone who does what is good, first to the Jew, also to the Greek. doesn't matter your ethnic background. Uh, if you know Jesus Christ, then glory, honor, and peace comes to you. And then in chapter 3, verse 17, uh, he was quoting there from Isaiah chapter 59, verses 7 and 8, and he's talking about all 
people, Jews and Gentiles, being under sin. No one is righteous, no, not one. And so he talk, in talking about those who are not righteous, not right with God, uh, he says the path of peace they have not known. So peace is, is not just a one-time entity. Peace is a path, something that uh, signifies a, a lifestyle. So it's a way to get there. In that exactly. Okay. Uh, so to have peace with God means you're no longer at war with him. You're no longer his enemy. And so people might say, well, I don't think I'm at war with God. But uh, Paul says because of sin, you are. If you're not in Christ, then you are an enemy of God. So that's why he writes then in at the conclusion of this passage in verse 10, for if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God. And there he pairs together then those ideas of peace with God and reconciliation. So I I would say in answer to the question, how does peace with God relate to reconciliation, that peace is the result, it's the benefit. Reconciliation is the means to that benefit. It's the action that produces the result of peace. So if you look back at, at chapter 5, verse 1, since we have been declared righteous by faith, we have peace. So Paul is, uh, is, is equating this idea of being declared righteous by faith. I believe in Christ, and because of that, God declares me right with himself. Well, that's the same as what he was talking about uh, in verse 10, when we are reconciled to God through uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, so we're declared righteous in a right relationship, and that's what it means to be reconciled. So all of this comes to the believer. How? Well, through our Lord Jesus Christ, and as he said in verses 10 and 11, more specifically, through the death of his son. Through Jesus' death on the cross, God reconciles believers to himself. And the result of that reconciliation is a continuing state of peace, of being right with God, of being friends with God, not enemies with him. Throughout Paul's writings, we see a lot of things of cause and effect. You have this because of this. This benefit is produced by this. Uh, in, in verses 3 and 4, we see another progression. In King James, it says we, we glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulations worketh patience, patience experience, and experience hope. Um, you see this progression here, David. How does that lead us? How does this particular progression lead us to hope? Uh, Paul is, is uh, quite fond of having these kinds of progressions, and he, he's really talking about the sanctification part of our salvation and how it, uh, over time, we grow in our faith. And so he is saying that the end result of that is, of course, hope. Well, well, what is hope? Well, biblical hope is not merely a wish. I hope something happens. Uh, I wish it happens. Biblical hope is more than that. I like to define it as a confidently expected future based on the promises of one who controls that future. So I am confidently expecting something to happen based on what God says will happen, and he controls 
that future. So, so Paul's hope is a function of faith in that sense. It, exactly, yes. It is uh, one of the benefits, one of the results of putting our faith in Jesus. It builds in us that hope that Christ is going to bring about that which he promises uh, will be the result of our faith. So Paul starts with those experiences that that might lead some to um, to lose confidence or to question uh, God's promises, the what he calls afflictions, or uh, as it was in the uh, King James, the tribulations. It could mean sufferings, uh, or it, it could mean troubles. So that Greek term is a general term, and it it means literally to press in on or to constrict. Uh, or if you think about it in this word picture there, to have the walls close in on you. So that can happen as a result of, of many different kinds of experiences, whether it be uh, loss of health or a loss of a loved one uh, or persecution by others because of your faith. Uh, all of those things can cause uh, kind of the walls to feel like they're closing in on you. So how, how in the world can we rejoice in experiences like that? Well, because of our faith in Jesus Christ, and as we, as we do, as we uh, perceive and look at those kinds of afflictions and troubles uh, with faith, then that builds in us uh, endurance. If you think about an athlete training to run a marathon, you know, you've got to, you've got to build your wind uh, endurance, you've got to build your muscle endurance, you've got to build your, your mental <laughs> endurance to be able to, uh, to complete a marathon. So in the same way, the Christian life is, is like that long-distance race. It's not a, a one-time sprint, but a, a long-distance race uh, throughout life. And so you build endurance as you, uh, re- as you look at and as you uh, walk through uh, even troubling kinds of experiences with faith. Uh, so then uh, over time, then that, that produces in you what's called proven character. Uh, this Greek word refers to what's tried and true, what's been tested and found genuine. So uh, it's experience. It can be uh, translated as character. It's what's, it's what's there after uh, you have uh, faithfully gone through these experiences of uh, trouble and endured in your faith. So all of that then, Paul says, leads you to what he calls hope, this conf- confidence in a future that is based on the promises of the one who controls that future. I, uh, th- there's a passage in James chapter 1, verses 2 to 4 that I, I think says the same Uh, much the same thing as Paul is saying here, uh, where James writes, Consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials. Why? Because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its full effect, so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. That's where you've reached the point of biblical hope, where you know, you trust, you have confidence that Christ has you in his hands, you're going to uh, receive the promises of eternal life that he said you would receive. So we, we think of uh, experiences 
difficulties uh, growing our faith. But if you, in this, in this particular passage, we could also think of uh, those difficulties growing our hope. Exactly. One other thing that's in the, these passages is we usually think of, this is in verse 10, David, uh, we usually think of being saved by Jesus' death. But in verse 10, we find Paul saying that we're saved by his life. Mm-hmm. Uh, can, can you help us think through a little bit more about what Paul was getting at here in verse 10? Sure. Uh, well, we've talked about this before uh, in other places in Scripture where uh, salvation in Christ uh, has three aspects to it. There is justification that was talked about in uh, Romans chapter 4 and uh, earlier passages there being justified uh, means that you have been saved from the guilt, the penalty of sin. Uh, and the, the cross of Christ, his atoning death was a, a sacrifice of atonement that forgave you of the penalty and the guilt of sin. But now his resurrection uh, saves the believer from the power of sin. And so as you continue to live, you're living a new life in Christ, and that's sanctification. So there's justification, there's sanctification. Uh, His resurrected life is indwelling you through the Spirit, and it gives you uh, freedom from the power of sin, the, the shackles of sin, the bondage has been broken in your life. And so that's, uh, that's part of sanctification. As you grow in your faith and you resist sin and you say no to sin and yes to God. And of course we know that uh, there is a, an aspect of glorification uh, where one of these days uh, Christ is going to return. He'll deliver the believer from the very presence of sin. We'll be in his presence uh, where there is no sin and no crying, no sorrow, no grief, no death. Uh, we will be delivered from the very presence of sin. So being saved by his life is, is that sanctification aspect of, of um, our, our faith and our salvation in that his resurrection life gives us, uh, it's broken the power of sin in our lives and enables us then to grow in our faith, saying yes to the Lord and no to sin. So it does point to the power of the resurrection. It absolutely does, yes. One thing I want to remind everyone of is that in the pack, pack items 3 and 11 um, are are called the Romans Road. Pack item 3 is a big poster. Pack item 11 is a handout that works with the poster, complements the poster. Uh, One of the passages that are identified as part of the Romans Road is Romans 5.8, which is in the section of, of Scripture that we're looking at Uh, this week, which says, but God proves his love for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That passage reminds us that Jesus paid the penalty for our sin. And by doing so, then we are declared righteous by his blood, which puts us at peace with God. And that's really the main uh, point of this lesson for this week. David, thank you for being with me. I appreciate it. We look forward to uh, visiting again in the next few weeks, I think, or maybe next week. I can't remember, Uh, but I'm sure we'll be having an opportunity to hear from you again. God bless, and uh, y'all have a good week.